back to 15 Minutes of Fascism, a sadly topical podcast covering the global rise of the radical right. I'm Craig Johnson. This week, I will be unable to record a normal episode for you, so I've pre-recorded a See You in Hell segment. Uh, I apologize, and if I missed any important pieces of fascism this week, I'll get to them later. This week's See You in Hell is actually quite a big one. Uh, See You in Hell is a segment where I celebrate the death of a prominent right-wing figure in history. This week, we have Otto Skorzeny. Uh, Otto Skorzeny was a noted Nazi paramilitary commando paratrooper, um, just a sort of like well, what the Nazis presented essentially as a war hero. Uh, Skorzeny was born in Vienna in 1908 uh, to a prominent and long serving military family. You know, it's a military family from the Austro-Hungarian and Austrian Empire. Uh, he was an avid fencer during his youth in university, uh, which is where he acquired a massive scar uh, running essentially from the left corner of his mouth uh, up through his cheek. Uh, he joined the Austrian Nazis in 1931. Uh, specifically, he joined the SA and he participated in the Anschluss, uh, which is the event that you know describes it sort of like collects the, the process by which uh, the Nazi Germany, by, by which the Nazis in Germany absorbed Austria into Germany proper. So after the Anschluss, Austria is just several provinces of Germany. Uh, so by this point, Skorzeny is a committed Nazi and uh, actually a very prominent military leader, uh, you know, in his youth. You know, he's just starting out his career at this point. Uh, he attempts to join the Luftwaffe, but is too tall, uh, and so instead joins the SS. Uh, specifically, he joins Hitler's uh, personal bodyguard. He was then part of the Eastern Front, uh, the Nazi invasion of the Soviet Union, and was going to have played an important role uh, should the Nazis have ever reached Moscow. His commando units were going to be in charge of taking over important buildings, uh, buildings important to the Communist Party before they could be destroyed. Uh, but because the Nazis never made it to Moscow, uh, he was never able to put that particular feather in his cap. Uh, instead, during the uh, Eastern Front invasions of the Soviet Union, uh, he was severely injured uh, in the back of the head by a piece of shrapnel, uh, which led him to return to a desk job uh, back in Germany. Uh, at this desk job, he advocated for you know, a sort of reorganization of the German military commando structure. Uh, he wanted several partisan-style commando elite units um, within the SS, uh, which would be able to engage in partisan and behind uh, enemy lines type warfare. Uh, these pitches were accepted and he was granted uh, command of them, of these units. He then led them on a series of like extremely disturbingly successful uh, paramilitary activities uh, by the German military in the at the conclusion of the war. Uh, so this is 43 to 44. They had several major uh, military activities planned, uh, including the assassination of FDR Stalin and Churchill at the Tehran conference. Uh, but several other, you know, paramilitary activities did fully succeed. Uh, for example, uh, kidnapping Horthy's son uh, in order to ensure uh, Hungary's continued participation in the war as a German ally. Uh, the successful, quote, rescue of Benito Mussolini from allied hands, uh, which is probably his most famous accomplishment. He's the reason that Benito Mussolini died uh, via partisan warfare at the end of the war uh, rather than in an allied prison um, earlier on. Uh, he was also supposed to be in charge of uh, German resistance uh, in uh, 
you know, in the event that the Allies won the war and Germany was trying to avoid some sort of unconditional surrender, which is the direction that they ended up going. After the war, uh, which he, you know, concluded trying to organize German resistance against the Allied occupation, he was captured by the Allies and put on trial for war crimes, uh, but not like the crimes against humanity type war crimes. Um, specifically, he was accused of using uh, United States military uniforms for his commandos, uh, which is a, you know, a war crime in the sense that it violates the rules of war. Uh, he was acquitted on this particular charge, but was still being held in prison uh, for potential denazification. Uh, denazification was a legal process uh, after the Second World War that was, you know, an attempt to sort of bring people who had been involved in the Nazi military or in the Nazi movement to party in general, uh, who we weren't going to kill or imprison forever. It was a means to like legally allow them to continue to engage in public life in Germany after the war. Uh, instead of going through this process, however, uh, he escaped. Uh, he escaped prison and ended up in Spain in the early 1950s in Madrid, uh, which is where he essentially lived uh, for the majority of the rest of his life. He actually did quite well after the war uh, as an international military consultant, um, not just for Franco, uh, but for Juan Perón, uh, where he is supposedly uh, tasked with um, being the bodyguard of Isabella Perón. Uh, he was also a military consultant to Abdul Nasser uh, upon his assumption of power in Egypt. Uh, he was connected to a bunch of other like paramilitary commando style organizations uh, throughout Europe specifically, uh, but also throughout the world. Uh, so this is organizations like ETA in Spain, um, the IRA, folks like that. Uh, essentially, he made a guerrilla warfare consulting agency in Spain called the Paladin Group and was also involved in official Spanish anti-communist organizing. Uh, he was able to live a full adult life, um, was eventually even able to return to Germany uh, after successful legal, quote, denazification, uh, despite his, you know, escape from justice and his deep involvement uh, in the Nazi military apparatus. Eventually, uh, Aros Grosini died of lung cancer in 1975 in Madrid on July 5th. So, Aros Grosini, we'll see you in hell. That was a special short 15 minutes of fascism, uh, thanking Sleepy Kitty Arts and Sleepy Kitty Music for our intro, outro, and graphics. And also noting that if you've found this podcast interesting, educational, helpful, despite its brevity, uh, check out my Patreon at patreon.com slash 15 minutes of fascism. That's 15 minutes of fascism, all one word. Uh, please leave reviews. Please like, share, and subscribe uh, so that other folks listen to the podcast. Um, I would especially suggest that you direct new listeners to the special episode, What is Fascism?, uh, which is an update of episode one. All right, I'll talk to you next week. Mm -hmm.